Greetings, grave robbers, and welcome back to another bonus episode. TV's Noah here, not in the television graveyard, not in the movie mausoleum. I'm sequestered and quarantined in my home. Uh, we are just far too busy to consume enough media to do an episode of Stay Doomed this week. I greatly apologize. Uh, as we said uh, last week, we were moving. Also, uh, Laura and I both have jobs that have become more busy thanks to the quarantine. So while it would, it would seem to make sense that we could all just sit around and watch a lot of stuff and we could actually pump out more episodes of Stay Doomed, it's actually harder to do episodes of Stay Doomed because of the quarantine. I know it doesn't seem like it makes sense, but I promise you it is true. So since I have a few moments to myself... And uh, Laura's unavailable. We are doing a bonus episode, and this, real quick, will be my personal top five plus two comedy shows. Yes, these are the ones that just always stick out in my mind. I'm not saying that they are the best. <laughs> I'm simply saying that they are my favorites. These are shows that are very special to me, and I keep close to my heart. So without any further ado... Let's talk about my favorite shows. Uh, let's start with number five. And ever since I was a little boy, I, I had a dream of being a stand-up comedian. But even before I dreamed about being a stand-up comedian, I dreamed about being a game show host. I remember when I was young, uh, I had a tape recorder. And I used to tape record Family Feud and... Uh, Price is Right, and listen to it back. We owned a VCR. I don't know why I didn't just do that. But just my love for game shows, like, has always been something that's deep in my heart. So I love Game the Gamer as one of my more insane ideas that we are still turning into a series. We are currently editing it. It's a whole thing. I promise you it'll come out. But that's not the show I'm going to actually talk about today. My number five favorite show was at MAGFest uh, two years ago. Not last year, but the year before. And that is a game we used to call Geek Out, but we now call Conquest. And this is available on the MAGFest uh, YouTube page, and you can see it. And basically, the idea is I have two contestants, and they start with a debate. The debate can be something along the lines of what is the worst Marvel movie ever made or something more distinct of just is Monopoly a good game. The two contestants then argue it as best as they can. And then we choose a winner of the argument and the argument gets to choose the trivia category. And we have nine different trivia games, including some plus two comedy favorites like Known For, where I give you an actor and you tell me what IMDb claims they are most known for. Reddit Says, where I give you an Ask Reddit question and you give me one of the top 10 most upvoted answers. And the push-up is right where I ask a question where the answer is a number, and for every one you are off, you have to do one push-up until you can do push-ups no more. This is a show that I really love because, like, I love writing trivia, I love debate, and I felt like there was a lot of, like, good spots for comedy. And we had run this show at a few other places. We ran it at Mag Laughs. 
or uh, Mag Labs, excuse me. Uh, I believe we ran it a few times at Dexcon, and I always felt like it was a good idea, but it never landed right. There was just something off about it. And uh, MAGFest is where we decided we were going to start doing uh, crowd research, where whenever someone was debating, I would then turn to the crowd, and through like their field research, we'd decide if that was a true statement or not. Uh, I remember someone was arguing that Batman was a bad hero because all he does is beat up poor people. So then I was like, all right, crowd research, stand up if you feel like you are poor. And then a bunch of people stood and I was like, all right, now remain standing if you've been beaten up by Batman. And of course, like some people stayed standing and stuff like that. It, It was just a great way to bring the crowd involved. And it was a show that I really wanted to work and I was so close to giving up on. And if it wasn't for that show at MAGFest, we would have thrown this show away. And now it is a project that I'm super excited to work on anytime we get the opportunity to do it, which uh, doesn't look like we'll be doing it anytime soon. But I still love doing it, and I look forward to the next time we get to do it. Number four. This is one of those situations I can't believe I ended up in. And the results of it are just absolutely insane. My number four favorite show is at Too Many Games, and it is the Too Many Games Improv Show. This is a show that uh, Laura took the head of. Laura is the improv queen, and uh, I'm the stand-up guy. So (laughs) together we form this, like, comedy wonder twins. And she put together an improv show that I was lucky enough to be a part of. Uh, And we were joined by uh, Darren DeMarco, who's the leader of These Guy Are Sick, uh, Brett Vanderbrook, who is also known as Captain S from the Captain S series, the nostalgia critic, Doug Walker, and Pro Jared. And we tore it up. It was one of the greatest shows I've ever been a part of. It was absolutely packed. And the two things that really stand out about this show that make it very special is me and Doug Walker did film and theater styles together. And if you don't know what that is, if you're not a fan of like whose lines it anyway, we were given a scene and uh, the scene was we were brothers fighting. That was all he gave, gave us. And Doug immediately jumped to he was one of the Koopa kids and I was Baby Bowser? Or he was Baby Bowser and I was one of the Koopa kids? I don't know. <laughs> but he immediately just turned to me and said, uh, you're not one of Bowser's real sons. And I was just like, oh, okay. That's where we're going with this. And we're, we get a freeze. And the new uh, <laughs> genre we have to switch to is hip-hop musical, a.k.a. Hamilton. And I kind of like shoot Lara a dirty look because <laughs> she had been obsessed with Hamilton and I had not seen it and had only heard it through hearing her sing it. <laughs> I shoot her a dirty look and I turn around and Doug Walker just raps in my face the most brilliant rap song that was, it was fast and it like it all rhymed and I was just standing there like dumbfounded and... I tried to step forward and do the king's part because that is the only part I knew from Hamilton. So I try to like step away and try to be like, I'm establishing something else is happening. 
and I start to try to sing what I know of the king's part, Pro Jarrett somehow like materializes next to me and starts beatboxing. I get confused and I look at him. I look back at Doug Walker and I guess he had decided I had taken too long and rapped another completely improv song just in my face. And I I just get lost at this point. I'm I'm in awe of Doug Walker. I have no idea what to do with Hamilton and I'm just baffled. And luckily the we get another freeze and we switch genres and I'm able to like recover. But after the show, one of the the people watching it, one of our fans, drew fan art of the show. So I don't have a picture, but I do have a drawing of me on stage lost while an angry Doug Walker nostalgia critic is behind me waiting for me to do something. It is one of my favorite things. And this, this is one of the things about me. I love train wrecks way more than I love success because I think they make better stories. So like me failing is one of my favorite things that's ever happened to me in my life is me failing with Doug Walker. (laughs) And the, the saddest part is I know somewhere there is footage. I know we've recorded this, but I have no idea where that footage is. So if I can ever find it, I promise one day I will put it online. I will do it with no pomp and circumstance and you'll just have to find it. So subscribe. Number three. Number three is the first ever plus two comedy show that happened. (laughs) And that's an anime punch. There was a plus two comedy show at the Video Game Expo in Philadelphia that was supposed to happen. And we were super excited. We made flyers. We handed them out. And then we went to our panel room and the door was just locked. And so it just didn't happen. So the first one that actually happened was at Anime Punch. It was at uh, what they called Armageddon, and it was in Ohio. And uh, it was me, Will, and TJ. And it's very important to note that uh, we met TJ at a comedy contest, and we formed this group, and then we never saw him again until we were driving to Ohio. (laughs) So... Uh, We had no idea what Plus Two Comedy really was yet, how this was going to go over, or who TJ was. So we pick up TJ at like 11 o'clock at night in North Jersey, and he's drunk. And we drive with him passed out in the back 14 hours to Ohio. (laughs) So like he wakes up and I'm like, all right, pal, we're sharing a hotel room. If we're going to try to make some money doing a raffle and we're going to do comedy at a convention for the first time. And uh, this is what we rec- we have recorded this and I turned it into what I called the bootleg CD, which is available on this very channel on YouTube. And what's so it's the only like regret I have is if you know anything about me. I don't usually sing. Uh, I'll sing like kind of as a joke and I won't try. But if you catch me actually singing at any point, like I am super in the moment having a blast if I'm comfortable enough to actually sing. And what happened was we started the show by saying, 
you know, please sit close together because comedy works better in groups. It was before social distancing. And a lot of people took that to mean get out of your chair and sit on the floor closer to the stage. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. And uh, they asked me if I could read them a story. So I sang the theme song to uh, Reading Rainbow. And unfortunately, that was like right before we started recording. But like to be in that moment, I think back, I was like, wow, I sang in front of a lot of people. Like really shows how like connected I was with that crowd. And one of the bits we did, again, we didn't capture this part, was we don't know what we're doing. So uh, if we say our safe word is belly button, if we say belly button, like someone tackle us and we'll all laugh and that'll save the show. So for the rest of the con, because we were Friday night, uh, people would just say belly button and then just like get tackled. <laughs> That's a thing we started. But like that was the, the show that, that cemented that plus two comedy could be a thing. Because I remember when the show started, the room was about half full. And when the show ended, the room was packed. And we were like, we were right by like a hallway that like one of the main hallways. Um, I, w- I want to say like part of the dealer's room was like right outside of where this panel was. I could be wrong. I could be insane. But like that means like people were walking by and heard it and came in. And uh, that, that felt great. It felt really good that uh, our comedy was able to sustain us like we, we always dreamed it would. And if it wasn't for that show, there would be no plus two comedy. So I have to include it here on my list. Number two, this is a strange one. And uh, if you know anything about me, and if you're sitting at home and you're trying to play along and you're trying to guess what would be on this list, I'm 98% sure you would never guess this show. But this is head and shoulders one of my absolute favorite things that I've ever gotten to be a part of. It took place in Massachusetts. It was part of a short-lived convention that I miss every day uh, that I have a t-shirt for because I always get the shirts when I have a really good time called Inconceivable. And me and Will hosted a show that was really run by Shimmy Ninja, which is a belly dancing group. And we had run into Shimmy Ninja a few times, uh, you know, and they're great. We love them. Uh, but we never collabed. And they had were just kind of getting started, and they would do these, like, basic, like, um, what was the word I'm looking for here? Variety shows? Or this is like these one-off vignettes of belly dancing. And this time, they were going to tell a whole story. They were going to tell the story of Alice in Wonderland. So they asked us to host it. And I remember I walked up to uh, Kiwi and KB and was like, so what do you want from us? What do you want us to do? We're just, you know, playing it straight. And they're like, do whatever you want. So we decided to go at it like Muppet Christmas Carol. And Will played Lewis Carroll. And I played Rizzo the Rat, basically. And uh, the whole just game of what we were doing was Will was trying to tell the story. 
and I was hungry. And the idea was I should have gotten a snack before the show started. So, like, everything we were doing, I'm just, like, looking for food, and uh, there's mushrooms, so I eat the mushrooms, and then I'm high. We do all this stuff. And then, in the middle of the show, I I believe it was during the Mad Hatter scene, uh, the sound tech comes up to us, and she's like, Hey, uh, do you have a charging cable for this iPad? I'm like, No. It's like, oh, okay, because it's getting kind of low. It's like, well, what percentage is it at? It's like, ah, about 14%. And I was like, that's not good. And on that, the the iPad dies. <laughs> and so the music just stops. And we're just standing backstage going, huh, I wonder what's going to happen now. And the crowd just starts, like, clapping to create a beat. And the dance just continues, which is Already, like, a beautiful thing to to have a crowd that invested to be like, we don't care that the music is gone. We're enjoying what you're doing that much. Then somebody runs and just grabs us and pulls us on stage and is like, fill time. And the problem is, it's the tea party scene. So there's actually food everywhere. But we have bits later, because we're going to assume the show's going to continue, about me being hungry. So we have to do this weird thing where we justify why I'm not allowed to eat the food that is clearly in front of me. Uh, while we're trying to get everything fixed, and we're just kind of winging it out there. So I was like, uh, Mr. Carroll, I've been meaning to ask you, uh, how is a raven like a writing desk and we talked about that for a few minutes and we, we we try our best but we're slowly starting to die when out of nowhere anime historian charles dunbar walks onto the scene and he's like hey you guys want to hear this story and he tells this story about how he was at a con and a woman had a heart attack and he's just kind of like Going on, it's a great story, and I I don't know what to do anymore. So I lay down on the floor and I take a picture of the mirrors that are the ceiling. It's one of my favorite pictures because I'm just looking at the, at my own reflection for like what happens next. <laughs> I take this picture, and Charles tells this whole story, and then once he's done, he just stops and he goes, "So by the way, what are you guys doing?" <laughs> like it never dawned on him that we were in the middle of a show. <laughs> it never confused him why there was an audience there. He was just like, "Hey, what's going on? I got a tale to tell." Uh, we eventually get a, a charging cable. We plug in the iPad and we complete the rest of the show. But uh, on top of the fact that I love train wrecks, uh, having a show like that where like. I'm trusted by someone else to host and given creative license to just do whatever. And like they had complete faith in us that we would deliver a good hosting gig (laughs) that wouldn't ruin their show. And uh, I'm smiling ear to ear just thinking about it because it is one of my it's it is my number two. It is my runner-up for a greatest show I've ever done. Number one. Number one, hits, it checks all my boxes. 
of it, it being a train wreck, but also being something very special, uh, of getting to do it with amazing people, uh, being trusted. And it's also one of those things that is, I know forever will be uniquely mine. Uh, you know, I've done stand-up comedy at conventions, but you know what? Other people have done stand-up comedy at conventions. I don't think there will ever be another person on the face of the earth that will get to say the sentences I'm about to say. It was anime next. And we had started a company, me and a guy by the name of Mike Goldstein, called Cosplay Pro Wrestling. And when it started at KatoriCon, I started being this villain, Giovanni, because it it was a great manager role for me. I wouldn't have to, like, get into the ring or anything like that. And for credibility, Uncle Yo was our ring announcer. Everyone wants to see it now because we we already know Uncle Yo, so we'll, we'll trust wrestling. And you know, wrestling is very new uh, for an anime audience. Not not that they don't know what wrestling is. It's just that like wrestling at a convention was not something that was really happening much. And uh, what grew out of this show at KatoriCon was this contention between Uncle Yo and Giovanni. And like as we're going through it, I was just like, I think this needs to end with a match between us. And Mike was like, Noah, can you actually have a match with Uncle Yo and have it be good? And I was like, I guarantee you I can. I don't know why I believe that, but I said, I guarantee you I can. And uh, at this time, uh, Uncle Yo was talking about retiring. So I was like, you know, Uncle Yo, if you're cool with it, we can make that into a wrestling storyline and we'll have a match where the loser leaves conventions. And that can, we can kind of use that as your way of like retiring. And he was totally game for it. So the stage was set for Giovanni versus Uncle Yo. And this, it always amazed me because when I first met Uncle Yo, I, I pitched to him. I was like, we should do a panel together. And he's like, I love that idea. It's like, yeah, we should do plus two comedy versus Uncle Yo. And he's like, why versus? Why can't we be friends? And that was years ago. And then then years later, we actually have this match. And like, there are people who like, just know me as Giovanni. But like, there were also people there that was like, hey, this is plus two comedy versus Uncle Yo. That's kind of cool. And what is super special about this is whenever I am Giovanni and I'm wrestling, I always yell at the crowd, you know, stand up, respect me and things like that. And uh, I went over it with Uncle Yo that I'm going to come out and be very reserved, which is not something that Giovanni usually does. And then I'm going to throw my jacket over your head and pummel you. Uh, Basically, like, for the juxtaposition of being calm and then exploding. Uh, The truth of the matter is, one of the reasons I wanted to do that is I really wanted to slowly walk out and take it all in. Uh, because the the show was supposed to happen at main events, the main events hall of Anime Next. 
And uh, I think they were afraid of the big heavy ring being on the second floor. So instead we were in like the hallway, not the hallway, like the foyer, <laughs> like this big open area in this convention center. So when I walked out of the tunnel, uh, the ring was surrounded by fans. And then if you looked a floor up, the balconies were surrounded by fans. And then a floor up from that, the balconies were surrounded by fans. And then a floor up from that, the balcony was surrounded by fans. So we performed in front of like 600 people in what looked like a Roman Colosseum. And I remember I was walking out and I, I stood in the middle of the ring and you can see it in the video uh, that I'm just kind of like looking around and just like seeing this weird situation I'm in. And I remember I thought to myself, I'm about to have a match with Uncle Yo, who is putting his career on the line and will be leaving after this. And this is my first one-on-one -on -one wrestling match and it's in front of 600 people and I'm the veteran <laughs> like I I at least know more than Uncle Yo <laughs> so I'm the one who's in charge here I had more experience than the referee and the referee was my good friend Jeff Stormer from the Party of One podcast so it was made even more special about having him be part of this as well and we told this nice little story where since we, we can't wrestle, because I remember I, I grabbed Uncle Yo and I was like, this will probably be your only wrestling match ever. If there's a thing you really want to do, tell me now and we'll work it into the match. He's like, I really want to get clotheslined over the top rope to the floor. And I was like, okay, what else? Because that's not a thing you're going to be doing. <laughs> So what we ended up doing is we, we basically we built the match around chops because chops were things that we could do. And I chopped the hell out of him. And I tell him, I was like, just so you know, yo, uh, the way chops work in wrestling, how you how you do them is I hit you in the chest really, really hard. <laughs> like, it's not a trick. I'm going to hit you really, really hard uh, and they're going to suck. It's OK. <laughs> Like, nothing's wrong if you feel pain. That's the way it's going to be. Uh, so I, I pummel him with with these chops. I was supposed to open his shirt up, but I couldn't undo his button. So I just hit him with these chops as hard as I can. And uh, I do throw him through the ropes, and that was as close as we could get. And then I chop him on the floor. And then uh I miss a chop and I hurt my hand and he turns the tables and then he starts giving the chops back to me. So I'm getting all the punishment that I gave him. I'm getting all that repercussion. Uh, then he holds my arms behind my back and he lets the fans chop me, which was like a super dangerous thing that I didn't tell anyone else we were going to do. Uh, but they were not plants. They were actual just people at a wrestling show. <laughs> That were then being told by Uncle Yo, Yo, hit this man in the chest as hard as you can. <laughs> and I survived. It was fine. But like the idea of just being like, I went to an anime convention and I ended up being asked to help assault a man. 
as part of a show. Like the fact that we created those memories, I think is just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the end of that match didn't go as planned. Uh, <laughs> in, in one of my favorite like train wreck moments, uh, Uncle Yo gets hit with a baseball bat. And that's supposed to be the end of the match. But it happens early. So I hook Uncle Yo's leg. And you can see me whisper to him, just stay down. Because, like, that should, the match should be over at this point. There's no way to fix the match at this point. So just, you know, just stay down. This is supposed to be the end. And he kicks out. And I, <laughs> I'm kneeling in the ring. And I have this look on my face of, like, complete shock. Which is good. Because, like, oh, my God, how did Uncle Yoshi <laughs> kick out? But what I'm actually thinking is... I wonder what's going to happen now. <laughs> because whatever happens now, I have no control of. Because uh, what ends up, a spot that we had planned was uh, me getting kicked in the crotch. And once that happens, I'm dead. We accidentally skip that spot. Uh, and then we do that spot. So now I am dead and Uncle Yo gets jumped by Team Rocket. And nobody knows what to do because I'm the veteran, but I'm too busy being dead to help. <laughs> so I had to just lay there and watch as a bunch of people who were completely clueless of what happens next, like slapped each other. <laughs> oh, and it should be mentioned. This is another just like stupid thing. Uh, I, I was trying like... If, if we're going to beat Uncle Yo as the bad guys, we have to screw him. Like, we, I can't just beat him. Like, we, we needed to make sure that, like, it was wrongly done. So, I recommended we do a powder spot, which is where you, grave, you grab, like, baby powder, and you throw it in, we throw it in Uncle Yo's face, and it makes this big, like, poof of smoke. Uh, and, like, you know, we're... In a convention center, we can't do like a fireball or anything like that. This is at least a nice visual thing of like cheating. Uh, and Frank from Legends of the Interweb was put in charge of that spot. And instead of using powder, he wanted to use sand. Because sand attack Pokemon, which makes kind of sense. But in, so instead of using powder, he used sand. So instead of getting a nice poof. It was just kind of like, eh, he just threw it like a hand came out and no one could see what he threw, but what he actually threw was Kool-Aid. So <laughs> there's a part in the ring where I'm dead in the ring, Jeb's dead in the ring, and we're just looking at each other as our faces turn red from the dye of the Kool-Aid powder that is in the ring. I was like, that's not what's supposed to be happening right now. Oh, I love a good train wreck, and that was a train wreck. I love creating very special moments for people, and we created a lot of special moments, and I love getting to do just unbelievable things with unbelievable people. And that's why Giovanni versus Uncle Yo will always be my favorite show that I've ever gotten to do. And Laura was the ring announcer. I should mention that. <laughs> that, that also made it very special. Laura was the ring announcer. Ah, 
So thank you for uh, joining me for another bonus episode. We're going to get back to normal next week, sort of, uh, with uh, Stay Doomed. We said that Mina and the Count was going to be our next uh, show that we're going to watch. We're actually going to postpone that uh, because this week uh, we're going to watch WrestleMania. And WrestleMania was rumored to... be getting canceled because of the coronavirus, but they are pressing on doing WrestleMania with no fans. So we thought it'd be interesting to watch that, and at the end of that, decide if it was the right move not to cancel it, or if it should have just stay doomed. So we'll be watching WrestleMania in a very special stay doomed, and then we'll be back to more normal the week after that with Mina and the Count. Thank you so much for watching. Be sure to subscribe on Plus Two Comedy on YouTube. You can also uh, find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio as well as Podbean. Uh, And be sure to check out some past episodes of Stay Doomed. If you have any suggestions on what you'd like to see us review, or if you've watched WrestleMania and have some comments that you would like or questions uh, that you would like read here on the show. We are the Stay Doom Show at gmail.com. You can also look us up on Twitter and on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. I am at TV's Noah. And as always, wash your hands and stay doomed.